I V M. Hello and welcome to another episode of Getting Meta. We are in the Ask Meta part of this show, the post-interview section where I try to answer your questions with my experience, the collected knowledge uh, gleaned through all these interviews that I've done, and hopefully a little bit of gut as well. Uh, thank you for sending in your questions. I've actually got quite a few, so uh, maybe we'll do a couple more of these. But I have a few questions lined up for today, so let's get right to them. The first question comes from Aishwarya. Hi, Chuck. My question was, how do you get another project or another client when you know the project is about to wrap up? Uh, how do you plan their timing? I'm currently working full time, plus I'm doing freelance. So I don't really have the energy to start approaching clients. And another side note, um, I also got this current gig that I have with someone's help. So I don't exactly know how to approach clients myself. I have potential projects, but I don't know how to make them into actual projects that I will, you know, approach or I will start once this current gig is over. So this is something that makes me really anxious. Um, let me know what you think. And once again, thank you so much for answering my questions. Uh, also, side note, love your podcast. Uh, it's amazing. Thank you. Hey, Ashwarya. Thanks for the question and for the kind words. Okay. Um, this seems like a simple, ma uh, simple matter of planning, although I know that seems like a bit of a vague and cop-out answer. I think as you do more and more freelance, this will come more naturally to you. You'll have a good sense of when a project is ending and then you can, uh, you know, start looking for work accordingly beforehand. And also the more you do this, the more comfortable you will feel approaching clients as well. And also keep in mind, each project makes life easier for you because you have one additional credential to show. For example, if you are working on, say, a website project right now, you haven't mentioned which field you're freelancing in, uh, but let's assume that it's say something like graphic design or something. So if you do one website, that makes it easier for you to approach another client for website design. So you basically just have made your own job easier, right? Your first couple of jobs are always going to be tough and you will have to get them through friends or whatever the case may be. But the more you do, the easier it becomes so, so just keep that bit of confidence in uh, mind constantly build a portfolio again just make your own life easier by building a portfolio you don't need a website per se although it helps you know you can just be a very standard mail saying that hey this is the things that i worked on or even if you're cold mailing people on linkedin or something you can uh, uh you can specify and um, my uh, advice would always be try to be as specific as possible uh, like again, if you're a designer, for instance, don't just say, hey, I'm a designer. Say very specifically what it is that you've worked on and why it is that you have approached a particular person. Is it because you like the company, the category, you have done work in that category or uh, that space before? So, you know, that level of specificity whenever you're outreaching always helps. Uh, in my opinion, because those guys might not have worked for you immediately, but they'll remember you as somebody who is 
you know, keen to work in that category or has experience in that category before, right? So, like I said, uh, as you freelance more, you'll have a better sense of when a project is going to wrap up and when you can go about seeking clients or you will be more confident of getting more work from an existing client. Uh, this is something that you should work towards unless you are more keen on having short-term projects with different types of clients, also not a bad approach, but many times clients will have recurring requests over a period of time in your case though uh, since you have a full-time job the pressure my i'm guessing is a little less so you can even think about taking a bit of a break if you want so you can finish this project and then use that interim period to search for uh, more work so don't let it uh, you know give you anxiety as such because it's, there's no pressure as such because you have a full-time job at least that's my assumption and Remember, when you are looking to search for work, social is a great place to go to. Just put the word out there, ask a few friends to retweet, etc. And chances are in this environment, you will get some amount of work because I have actually seen so much demand for quality people or just search on your own. If you don't want to put it out, just search on your own, uh, looking for freelancers or looking for help in the space, etc. Et chances are you will find something uh, either on Twitter or LinkedIn. I have just seen so many posts um, uh, over the last year or so. So it's a great time to be a freelancer like, I, uh, like I'm always saying. And it's also okay to start doing the so-called client outreach, say, a month or two weeks before your project is getting over and say that you will have bandwidth say two weeks or one month down the line it's completely okay to do that it's very rare that you're going to reach out to a client and they have work for you immediately so i actually say if you are outreaching it's something that you should constantly do or do at least so that you are assured that some work you know will keep happening and if there is inbound requests which will happen if you keep doing quality work uh don't be afraid of telling them that you'll be able to take this on only two weeks or a month down the line. Um, when I started off freelancing about two years ago, uh, I was pretty much in the same boat as you in the sense that I had anxiety in terms of, and I shouldn't use the word anxiety actually, because it's kind of, it wasn't really anxiety, anxiety, but I was worried about, okay, this project's about to end. Is something else going to come soon? But I was soon surprised by uh, how easy it was to kind of, fill that void uh something or the other keeps coming up and i also got more comfortable telling clients that hey i won't be able to take this up right now uh, i can do this in two weeks or so and right now luckily i'm in a place where i don't need to do that business development as such and i just uh you know thankfully uh have a steady stream of inbounds so yeah eventually the steady stream uh will happen and you will have a bank of people to go back to. So that's my short-ish answer on how to think about this whole space. Eventually, of course, you will want to think about going freelance full-time. At least that's what my assumption uh, might be. So use all this as a experiment, learning period, see what works for you, what space you like freelancing and what are the good things about free, what are the things about freelancing that you like and don't like and just plan from there accordingly. I think everyone's recipe is different. Everybody will have a different way of approaching this. So I think it's just a matter of doing as much as you can, making as many mistakes as you can early 
in your freelance career and then figuring out a way that works well. I know some people, for example, who do a project, dedicate everything into that project and then take a break for a bit and then start all over again. So if that's something that works for you, then great. Uh, otherwise, you can have a steady stream. Uh, you can have a list of people who you need to contact on a regular basis, so on and so forth. So don't worry about it. These are things that will sort themselves out over a period of time. It's just a matter of constantly being at it. I hope this helps, Aishwarya. Thanks once again for the question and the kind words. On to the next question. This comes from Shehzad. Hi, Chuck. Here are two questions I would really like your help with. The first one is the value of an MBA program, especially uh, given the state of the world we live in as of today. The second one is how do you think a person could build a career in the creative industry? Hey, Shahzad, thanks for the question. Two very thoughtful questions there. Let me try to give you my perspective on both of them. Uh, the first one, you asked about the value of an MBA in this day and age. I think an MBA, you have to look at in three aspects, right? What does an MBA give you? There are, To me, there are three parts, right? One is education. Second is the network. And third is uh, certification and branding that you get as a result of the MBA and the college that you go to, right? Now, let's look at each of these. The education part, to my mind, is actually the least important of the three. I know that's a little controversial to say, but to me, a lot of the things that an MBA teaches you you can actually learn on the job yourself. Of course, it'll take a longer time to do that. Or you can fill in these gaps from various online courses, etc., etc., while you're uh, while uh, while you're studying. So, in that sense, it might seem a little ludicrous to spend two years of your life not earn money. Uh, in fact, you're spending a fair bit of money in order to learn all this. I'm not discounting the quality of an MBA education at all. It's just that a lot of those things I feel can actually be learned. Otherwise, the value of an MBA with respect to education is really structuring that in a good way, top quality faculty, etc. Right. Uh, that being said, even though the education is valuable, I feel it pales in comparison to the network that you built, which is your peers that you'll have in your classroom and the other you know uh, contacts that you'll build as purely as a result of doing your MBA. Uh, and by the way, the network is something that that you will realize only a few years down the line. It may not be apparent uh, when you are in a classroom or getting drunk with your batchmates that these are the guys who are going to help me build my career. But when one of those turns around and says, hey, you uh, uh, know digital very well, so would you like to pitch? Or hey, we, I am starting up a company and I know that you know, you do this, so would you like to help out, etc. So that network can become extremely uh, valuable for you later. You, it may Again, it may not be apparent uh, as you're getting drunk with those guys in your second year, but it will become apparent down the line because everyone who's doing an MBA is going to go on to do fairly senior roles, right? And the third thing is certification and branding. I hate to say this because it might seem like, a, you know, it might seem like a bit of a evil thing to say, but the fact of the matter is this, uh, in this day and age, branding does matter. Where you do your MBA from, where you do your education from really matters. Actually, I would say where you do your MBA from matters more, your engineering, not so much. Uh, because let's face it, the top B schools are looked at differently in India or around the world. Again, this is something that my personal hero, Professor Scott Galloway, also says, right? It's uh, the branding from the top 
uh, the from where you study really really matters it helps you stand out in the industry it helps you get to shoe in etc after that you still need to prove yourself if you even if you get your mba from iim amdabad uh, it it sure will open a lot of doors but then once you pass that door you really need to prove yourself otherwise you will just be another faff pot who's learned who's uh, uh, who's cracked cat but is not really good in the real world so it opens a lot of doors i'm not saying it's impossible for somebody from a lower rung b school to um, succeed is just a lot more difficult and in this day and age uh, i think that's going to become even more uh, e- even more difficult for me uh, i did my mba from a school called mica and i was very keen to get into that particular place because i wanted to get into the advertising world and i can uh, and people have called mica the iim for of the advertising industry and i know that that has helped me because i've seen that uh, reaction from clients or you know people pay attention when you are from this particular place etc um so and the other thing is when you go to a top b school all the other two things that i said right the education and the network they just get amplified like crazy right uh, your batchmates will be of a higher uh level and the, of course the quality of education will be will be manifold so uh i would say don't do an mba for the sake of it i uh, unless of course it's just a certification that you need to get ahead in your particular company itself in that case i guess you can look at it tactically but i would say don't look at an mba just for the sake of doing it uh definitely have a bit of experience before going into mba because i think that amplifies the value of what you get and yeah i i think that's really uh, that's really about it that being said you're still possible to succeed in a career without an mba and those careers tend to be spaces that you don't typically need an mba for right um, it's interesting because i was about to say the creative field which is what your second question uh, 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 second question really was uh, but yeah there's no getting around it i think uh, an mba really does add value to a particular kind of career and if uh, if moving up the corporate ladder is something that you want to do uh which again many people might not want to do i completely get that uh an mba helps not saying that is impossible but it definitely helps move up but again an mba is not a go is not a silver bullet it's not going to solve all problems it's going to open doors but then you really need to show your original thinking your point of view your executional capabilities etc otherwise you're just going to be an other guy who went to an mba and now tries to ppt his way out of everything so don't fall into that trap so i hope that helps with question number 1 question number 2 is a slightly tougher question to answer because it's a broad question which is how can someone build a career in the creative industry and i say that's a tough question to answer because the creative industry by itself is extremely vast right you're talking about everything from script writing all the way to working say in an ad agency to um you know maybe working in an influencer management company to uh working for say website design and graphic design and stuff like that so it's fairly broad when you say creative industry i guess that's a good thing because there's so many more opportunities uh, so many more opportunities right now not to mention content creation by itself that's also technically part of the creative uh, space right now and that's something that's growing like crazy with the creative economy that being said i think there are some things that are common to all these um, creative spaces there are some formal ways of getting into the creative industry which is through certain schools like i went to mica and and at an undergraduate level there are several several places as well uh, but i would say the best approach is just to get out there and do it right uh, which is apply on your own to agencies or 
even better just freelance for a while that will give you a good uh, uh, that's a good way to dip your toes into what the creative industry really entails and will help you build your niche etc etc and you can always jump into the whole fold full time later if you like uh, trust me creative people are in extremely high demand right now as long as you can show quality as long as you can uh, be reliable and as long as you can sort of like build a niche for yourself figure out what you're good at so whether you get into a job formally or whether you're freelancing figure out what you're good at and what you like i think this is very important to sort of like underline what i'm saying try to work towards something that you can pitch yourself as right don't try to be a jack of all trades when it comes to creative work have a sort of niche have a sort of you know a clientele if you will who are your ideal set of clients right for the skills and the interests that you have i think that will really help have your own theories and skills build a niche build a portfolio for yourself and importantly constantly learn constantly learn by examples is basically how i like to approach say the, uh, the marketing and the spaces that i work in and try to be unique and not replaceable i think the creative space is still one industry where people matter more than the process uh, so try to do that try to build a niche for so try to be memorable in some way and that will help i know it's helped me even though i didn't really plan it out that way but it helped me get work when i decided to jump from full time employment to freelancing for instance so those are a few broad things around how someone can build a career in the creative uh, field uh, in short there's no uh, best practice or anything like that, or there are no specifics really it's just a matter of getting in there getting your hands dirty and building your own theories and stuff along the way uh, all the best uh, i think the creative field is something that's expanding like crazy right now and there's so many opportunities for everyone and uh, we've had a conversation before i know and i know where you want to end up and i think uh, anything that you do uh, will help uh, any sort of work that you do will help you get towards what your eventual goal is thanks for the question shahzad and thanks for the kind words that you had uh, given me on mail as well all right let's move to the next question hey deepak a long time listener and a huge fan of all your gyan about freelancing something that i wanted to ask you about is um, how you view growth especially as a freelancer and just the notion of man- mandatory growth uh, being something that we strive for as freelancers um, i wanted to find out how you approach growth scale um, bringing in more money with the loss in freedom independence and time that often accompanies this growth and i wanted to find out if um, you had any frameworks in mind or uh, considerations for making a decision like this what do you think about before taking a call on growing your freelance cake hey akshay that was a very thoughtful question and i need to think about for that for a bit so i got into freelance honestly to get out of the you know uh, this mad race of needing to grow uh, every time i'm very conscious about that i think it's important for anyone who is getting into freelance to have an idea of why they are getting into it is it for the money is it for the freedom is it for uh, creatively expanding what they can do uh you know uh for me while all these factors did play a role for me the most important thing was freedom right and that's what i try to optimize for and what do i mean by freedom uh it is the ability to do 
to do projects of my choosing and to be very honest just to work fewer hours because i've been working for about a decade in the advertising industry and events after that both extremely sapping industries in terms of time uh, so i just wanted to like reach a stage where i could stop work by 5 or 6 and i'm trying to constantly optimize uh that my uh, ultimate goal i think over the at least in the medium term is to be able to work for uh, about f- 5 hours a day and then use the remaining time for personal projects and things that might help me later in the future like write more or create more content etc right um and now when i look at it from that point of view that actually ends up answering a lot of the questions that you did like how do i view growth right for example if i need to make the same amount of money that i am right now plus of course a little more maybe say 5 or 10% more uh, to account for increased savings and inflation etc then a simple calculation will tell me how much i need to earn more per hour right now what do i need to do in order to get there ironically some of the content creation and stuff that i do in the time i save is going to help me do that because it'll act as a signal or it'll act as you know what advertise what marketers might call brand building right uh, so that's something i know i do need to do so I don't know if this ends if this answers your question but I do look at growth as something that is important not for the sake of it but so that I can achieve the goals that I had when I started off freelancing right I would love to reach a stage where I'm just I'm working for half the day making the same amount of money as I was a while earlier and using the remaining time either to make my life easier in the long run or just to relax really um there are some people who might want to use their extra time to make even more money and i don't begrudge them that right everyone is more driven by different sort of goals if somebody wants to make a lot of money before the age of 40 and then retire early well power to them i say i think it's important to have a sense of where you stand in this scale uh, have a sense of what your overall goals etc are and constantly work towards them otherwise you're going to be stuck in the same rut again uh, again and again and, and in order to make more money what you end up doing is you just end up working more hours which is just going to lead to a lot of frustration also keep in mind that as you freelance more and more you will gain more confidence you will gain more expertise and then you can end up charging more for clients so your growth automatically comes that way even if you don't reduce the amount of time that you're working for example if i'm when i started off freelancing uh, if i were just to sum up uh, everything that i did at that point of time in terms of uh, am- money that i made um, i guess you could say it was something like say 1000 to 2000 rupees per hour right and i deliberate and i know that's uh, that's that could be considered low but i did that purely because i knew that's a cost i could justify with the experience and the skills i had as i started doing more and more projects i felt more confident of increasing that rate and hopefully i uh, and hopefully shown value to clients as well so uh, so you can end up charging more amount of money or you can feel confident asking for more money as you gain more and more experience so that's how i view growth to me growth is not something that should happen because sake of it and again being an individual freelancer with no organization shareholders or even employees to be responsible to is really really liberating this answer would have been very different if i was actually running an agency or something like that nothing like that is on the horizon as of now 
So yeah, that's how I look at growth. Uh, I think the last two two and a half years have been very good for me from a, a, a you know mental peace point of view. Uh, do uh, creating other kinds of content, expanding the uh, types of content that I consume in my leisure time, and just having leisure time at all. And I think if all that uh, were to be told to me as a frustrated advertising person in 2016-2017, I would have considered that growth. So yeah, I hope that answers your question. I know it's a bit of a cop-out, but that's how I look at uh, growth. Thanks so much for the question, uh, Akshay. And that is it for this episode of Ask Meta. If you have a question like this that you'd like me to give you my perspective on, please, please write in. Uh, I am at Chuck of All Trades on Instagram, Chuck underscore Gopal on Twitter, and my email ID is in the show notes as well. Please send them in. No question will go unanswered that I promise you. We might, I have enough questions for one more episode, so that's definitely going to happen. But hey, uh, if you have a question, then please do write in so I can uh, have another episode out as well. As always, thank you for listening to Ask Meta or Getting Meta. And I will be back in your ears next week. See you, folks. <laughs>